without mind management skills, a car crash happens right in front of you and you immediately become a bystander, right? Standing there, not knowing how to help the situation. With mind management skills, you become a first responder at the scene of the accident. Hey guys, this is Coach K and you're listening to the Making Changes Breaking Barriers podcast where we talk about you. This is about you, your mind, and your path. So first of all, I want to say, and I know I say this a lot, but I just, I feel like I want to say it every week because I'm just so excited, but I just want to say that I am so, so thankful for all of you who are listening to this podcast. I pretty routinely look at my little software where I can see, you know, how many downloads and how many listens the podcast is getting. And I'm pretty much excited every day because the podcast is growing every day. We're gaining more and more listeners every week. And it's just really, really cool to see. As I've said before, one of my biggest goals for this podcast is just being able to inspire as many people as possible to live joyful, meaningful lives. And if someone's wanting to make changes, just to give them the the the, the confidence to be able to do so. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I really hope you keep tuning in every Monday. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. This is a subject that I've been wanting to talk about for a while now, okay? As adults living in the world that we live in, there's really no getting around the fact that we live in constant chaos. This chaos doesn't always look the same for everyone necessarily. Actually, very rarely does it look the same for everyone, but we just do. We live in chaos. Chaos is all around us and it comes in many different forms, which I'm, I'm going to talk about today. But what I first want to talk about is what this chaos may look like for you. Because to be honest, you may be saying, hey, Christina, actually, my life is pretty put together and maybe I don't even really need to listen to this podcast episode because I'm, I'm not really sure I am living in chaos. But sometimes chaos can be kind of sneaky and we're going to talk about that a bit today. So I then want to get into the next part, which to be honest, I struggle with a little bit because there was a piece of me that wanted to research this topic and share with you all how to thrive in chaos. Okay. But as I thought about that more, I'm really not sure I believe in that. Believe me, I understand there are people out there who have the potential to and do actually thrive in chaos. I get it. I I actually believe I was one of those people at one point. When I was 18 years old, I left home, like many people do when they're 18, and I went off to college, and I went off to college to play college basketball. I debated for a long time in high school whether or not I wanted to play college basketball for a few reasons, but one of the biggest reasons was that I had it in my head that if I was going to play college basketball... If I was going to make the commitment to myself and to a new team, you know, to all of my teammates, to a new set of coaches, you know, in my head, really, like if I was going to make the commitment to a school to play college basketball, that I was going to go all out. I was going to give it everything I had, no matter what, no matter what was going on in my life. Honestly, at the time, which I'm not, you know, saying this is a good way to think about it, but I, in my mind, I was thinking probably like no matter what was going on academically, no matter what was going on socially, basketball was going to be what I 
fully committed myself to. I was going to set goals for myself and I was going to find a way to achieve them. I was going to, you know, set goals within our team and I was going to do my part, everything I could to achieve them. So yeah, that's what I ended up doing. I left home at 18. I did make the decision that I was going to play college basketball and I went to play, went to play. But when I made that commitment to myself, I'm not sure I realized how much chaos I was going to push through in order to stay true to that commitment. There was so much chaos. I mean, just imagine any college students four years. There's a lot going on, right? I mean, school is hard. The academic side of college is hard. I went to a highly academic school, which I am proud of, but it was hard, right? I was like a straight A student in high school and I wasn't a straight A student in college. I had to work hard to get decent grades. The social part was hard too. Like it was a lot of fun, but there was a lot of, you know, things always trying to pull me away from this commitment I had to make to basketball. And on top of that, I was going through a period of my life where I was figuring out who I was. Going into college, I had no idea that I was queer. So this was something that I was figuring out my freshman year of college, you know, which is a very emotional process. And there's a lot to it. And, you know, my mental health was at stake many times during my college career. But regardless of that, I actually can fully 100% say that I stayed 100% committed to my goal that I was going to give everything I possibly could to being the best basketball player I possibly could be for the college that I went to. Now, is that necessarily a good thing? I have a lot of accomplishments because of it, but I did have to push through a lot of chaos. And what I didn't put first was my mental health. My mental health was on the back burner for many, many years. And I'm very thankful that I got out of that pretty scratch free, but that's not always the case, right? And I think sometimes when we're trying to thrive within the chaos, instead of what I'm going to talk about, which is finding peace within the chaos, bad things can happen. All this to say, the way I approach my life now is not to try and thrive during chaos necessarily, but instead I'm trying to find peace in the chaos. I do not hold myself to an expectation of perfection for the most part, or at least I try to. I try not to hold myself to an expectation of perfection. I don't even really hold myself to many high standards unless the circumstances of my life and my family's life can handle that in the moment. Okay. For example, if we have a few week period where we have no visitors coming into town, we have no travel planned, which both are really, really fun things, but also are stressors for me, okay? We have not a lot of social events. Again, very fun, but can be a stressor for me. We don't have like a crazy work time, right? It's not right after the holidays or something like that. Then I might set out some pretty big expectations for myself and tell myself that I'm going to stick to them no matter what, right? For example, maybe I'm trying to dial in my nutrition and I say, hey, okay, this couple week period, I'm going to stay really strict. I'm going to restrict myself on certain things. And also from a fitness standpoint, I'm going to set myself a schedule and I'm going to stick to it, right? No matter kind of how I'm feeling, I'm not going to let feelings of tiredness or anything like that get in the way. I'm going to stick to this, right? But other than that, I attempt to just find peace, to find flow and to find balance, whatever that looks like at the time. And it's not always the same thing. All right. So 
I will give my five tips to find peace in the chaos. But before that, I do want to go over the three different types, different forms of chaos in our lives. Because like I said before, you might be saying, my life's not very chaotic, but chaos can be sneaky. So maybe there is actually more chaos going on in your life than you realize. Okay. I see it as we have three different forms of chaos in our lives. So the first one, I call this the everyday chaos. This sort of chaos might be what you think about when I say the word chaos. It might be the first thing that comes to mind. This is our everyday hectic schedules, our multicolor coded calendars. I say this all the time, but Cor and I don't even have kids and I struggle to get everything done in a day. So I'm not sure how all of you parents out there do it, but this chaos is the dishes that always pile up in the sink. It's the chauffeuring of the kids you do all day long to school and to soccer practice and to their friends' houses. This is the yard work that always needs to be done and the taxes that still need to be filed. It's just all of the things that are part of our day-to-day life, our routines, our responsibilities, the things we have actually created and actually have control over for the most part. But even though we do have some control over them, wow, it's just still chaos, right? It's just, no matter how you spin it, it's still chaos. And this sort of chaos, as well as the others I'm going to talk about, the other two forms of chaos, I'll just say, don't really differ in our stress response. So even though they are different and they show up differently in our life, our stress response pretty much to all of these is the same. If the pileup of all of your life's creations and responsibilities feel chaotic to you. And even if you've created it and have control over it, like I said, there's probably a physical stress reaction that is happening inside of your body. And how that transpires is not going to necessarily be the same for everyone. But most likely, cortisol levels have risen, right? If your stress response is up, your cortisol levels have risen. And probably your baseline cortisol level may, ha- may be higher than it once was, which can cause a whole big load of symptoms that we won't necessarily get into today, okay? So, but that's number one, the everyday chaos. The second kind of chaos is going to be the out-of-our-control chaos, okay? So this sort of chaos doesn't happen all the time, but this is the pandemic we just went through. Totally out of our control, but put the whole entire world into a very chaotic environment, right? Or this is losing our job out of the blue. Unexpected, we've lost our job. This puts our life again into a chaotic environment. Or this is getting a flat tire. Not expected, all of a sudden our day is delayed. We have to figure out a way to change the tire, et cetera, et cetera. Or this is the heater in the house all of a sudden going out. This is a parent getting sick suddenly or a kid getting sick suddenly. And even though all of these things feel like big things, they happen and they happen way more often than we would like. And on top of that everyday chaos, you add these things, right? So on top of that everyday chaos, I was just talking about all those things that are just part of our everyday, you add one of these big things, you get a flat tire, or all of a sudden you hear that one of your parents who lives in a different state is sick, or even just your kid has to stay home sick from school. It can be like a tornado all of a sudden and hate your life, right? This can really just tip everything upside down. So that's the second sort of chaos. The third and last form of chaos. This is in our mind chaos. 
this is the chaos that maybe goes a bit more unseen by other people, but you know it's there. Like you feel it in your mind. You know that something isn't completely right or you have something going on that you've kind of put in the back burner. You know, maybe that is a traumatic event that's happened or it's a feeling that you've been having that you haven't expressed, but it's something in your mind that maybe you haven't completely shared or completely worked through. You've probably put on the back burner or maybe you haven't put it on the back burner, but it is just very forefront of your mind right now. And it's feeling like it's having an effect on your everyday life. It's having an effect on you trying to get other things done. It's having an effect on your relationships. It's having an effect on your ability to, yeah, just live the life that you want to live. I had this feeling. I'm not going to say I just had this feeling once, but one specific situation that I, I know was probably one of the most chaotic times in my life in terms of what I was feeling in my mind was actually my sophomore year of college. It was the end of the spring semester, so right before the school year was going to end, and I was going through a few different things, and all of a sudden, my mind was put into this very, very chaotic state where it's actually interesting. I was looking at my old transcript from college the other day, and when you look at that, that spring semester of my sophomore year, it's like it was a different person on that transcript, that one semester, like it totally was reflected in my grades. Every grade was a point, if not a letter lower than I had every other semester. My mom had to come up to college and actually stay with me for a little bit. I was having to find ways to distract myself. So, so anyways, I won't get into that too much, but this was a time where it wasn't necessarily obvious to everyone else, but there was chaos going on in my mind. Okay, so those are the three forms of chaos that generally everything we're feeling in terms of a chaotic environment can fit into our everyday chaos, our out of out of our control chaos and the in our mind chaos. Okay, long story short, guys, our lives can be chaotic, period. There's really no getting around that or avoiding that. But how do we find peace in the chaos. That's what I want to get to today. Okay, I don't just want to talk about all the chaos. I want to talk about how we can find peace within this chaos because what we want to try and avoid is living in toxic stress and living with toxic anxiety. We want to find peace as best as possible. There's been an endless amount of studies at this point about stress. We know stress is not good. We know it's something that we all are going to have to figure out how to manage, but we know it's not good for us, okay, physically or mentally. And one book I want to reference specifically is called Cleaning Up Your Mental Chaos, written by Dr. Caroline Leaf. And in this book, Leaf states that 90% of conditions like cancer, diabetes, and heart disease are caused by toxic stress. Toxic stress is not good to say the least. Unfortunately, toxic stress is a natural response to all of these chaotic things I was just talking about that we experience on a daily basis even, but we can find peace with it or we can try and find peace with it at least most of the time or even some of the time if you're if you find that right now you have no peace with it. I I feel like I have gotten to the point where for the most part something can happen in my life in our life or all of a sudden my mind starts trying to play tricks on me and I have the tools 
to find peace within that chaos. Does that mean that that chaos completely goes away? No. And I'm definitely not saying that, right? I'm not trying to say like all of a sudden I snap my fingers and there's no more chaos around me or there's no more stress or all of a sudden magically these things just go away or appear or whatever. Heck no, right? I'm just saying that I've realized that I have skills that have allowed me to take a deep breath in these moments and calm my body both physically and mentally. Okay. So I'm going to go over some of those tips right now so that maybe in your chaotic moments, you can use some of these and find a bit more peace in these moments. Okay. Try and keep those stress levels down. So number one, my first tip for finding peace in the chaos is realizing that a lot of chaos is cyclical. I don't know if you've noticed this. I I think maybe depending on age may have a big impact on this, but I feel like now that our life looks somewhat similar year to year. Now there's big things that are changing. We're buying a new house or we've moved to a new city. I mean, those are big things, but for the most part, our life looks pretty similar. We're not all of a sudden like starting school again, or we're not all of a sudden I don't know, even having a kid, having a kid probably changes things pretty drastically, but you know, we haven't gone down that path yet. But for the most part in our adult lives, we have realized that things are pretty cyclical. Like for example, I mean, I'll just give a really obvious example that everyone can relate to the holidays. And I talked about this a lot when the holidays came around, but the holidays come around all of a sudden, first of all, everyone is more joyful, right? It's like very exciting to have, you know, the holidays coming and people decorating and a lot more social time. But the cyclical piece of that is, yes, you're going to have a lot more social time. It's going to be a lot harder to maybe like not drink as much, right? Or not eat as many sweets because there's going to be a ton more sweets around. There might be some family drama because all of a sudden you're going to be spending way more time with family. You're probably going to end up exhausted because after all of that, you know, January is going to come around and and you're going to get back into a routine, but you're going to feel a little bit tired, January is probably going to be a hard time to get back into a routine because you're going to really want to, but your body also wants to rest, right? Another example, all of a sudden summer comes around. Everyone all of a sudden wants to be outside. Everyone wants to travel. Everyone wants to spend more time socializing, et cetera, right? Maybe you find that there's times of the year where you get a bit more down, right? I used to live in Portland. I lived in Portland for almost 10 years all together with college and then some in my, um, you know, more adult life. And oh my gosh, seasonal depression was huge, right? The sun didn't appear for weeks, for months in Portland. And so that was a big cyclical thing. I saw it even while I was coaching women's basketball, there'd be a lot of people on the team who all of a sudden were feeling down, right? And there was symptoms of increased depression, increased anxiety. That was a cyclical thing. So I think when I realized that a lot of chaos, especially the piece of it of like the chaos in my mind was cyclical, it allowed me to take a deep breath in those moments and say, hey, this is temporary. This isn't necessarily going to last. I don't have to feel like, oh my goodness, what's happening? Am I going to feel this way forever? Or is this going to be happening forever? Right? I'm not always going to have five social events every week because guess what? that doesn't really last past the holidays or that doesn't last past the 
first couple weeks of summer, at least in my life. Maybe it does in some people's life. So just realizing that, understanding that, that that chaos is cyclical was a huge piece for me in order to find peace within that chaos. Okay. So that's number one. My second tip for finding peace in the chaos was focusing on the stabilizing forces in my life. So what do I mean by this? So there might be times where all of a sudden there's a relationship in my life. Maybe it's within my family. Maybe it's a friendship where things aren't going as great, right? Maybe there's some drama. Maybe there's some hurt feelings. Maybe there's some uncertainty about where that relationship is going, and I, which can feel chaotic. It can feel like this is all consuming now. What do we do about this? My feelings are hurt. The other person's feelings are hurt. This can be a chaotic situation. What I have found in these moments that is so helpful is looking at the stabilizing forces in my life, meaning the relationships in my life that feel completely stable, aka Cora. <laughs> okay. So Cora is always, Cora is my wife. I think you guys all know that at this point. She's always a stabilizing force for me. She's always someone who our relationship is is so steady, right? And it's built with so much love and so much trust. And so even if there's this other relationship that needs a lot of work and isn't in a perfect situation, when I'm able to look and remind myself, right? It's almost like reminding ourselves of what we're grateful for. But when I'm able to look and remind myself of this other relationship I have that is so stable, it's this very comforting, peaceful situation, okay? So even in a negative situation, a chaotic situation, there is always generally a stabilizing force that we can look at to help us find peace with the situation. Okay, my third tip for finding peace within the chaos is actually going to come from Dr. Caroline Leaf, who I already referenced, and her mind management tool, okay? So when I say mind management, think about mind management as a car crash. Without mind management skills, a car crash happens right in front of you, and you immediately become a bystander, right? Standing there, not knowing how to help the situation. With mind management skills, you become a first responder at the scene of the accident, not only helping the situation, but also preventing any further hurt or damage, right? This is the same thing that can happen with our mind. If all of a sudden a thought pattern comes into our head and we do not know how to deal with it, we don't have the management skills to deal with it, we become a bystander. We become almost frozen in our actions and in our thoughts because we don't know how to handle it, right? Versus if we have the skills, when that thought pattern comes to mind, we can handle it, right? We know where to, how to move forward. So Dr. Caroline Leaf developed the NeuroCycle, which is a mind management practice based on 30 plus years of research. This practice was put to the test in clinical trials, and the results were that the participants were able to decrease their toxic stress and thoughts, and overall depression and anxiety decreased in the group by over 80%. So I'm going to kind of blow through these, to be honest, but I do find that this mind management skill or process has been really helpful for me. So maybe jot it down and see if it's something that you enjoy using. So number one is gather. We're going to collect the information based on what you are experiencing, and we want you to note distress signals like your heart's beating fast, you're panicky, you're anxious, angry, whatever it may be, all right? This is part of embracing, right? Gaining awareness and acceptance of toxic thoughts and emotions. This is the gather step of the neurocycle. This may take you 
sitting down and making sure you can actually really process this. Maybe you're writing it down, but this is part of the, the first step gather. Number two is going to be to reflect, right? Your goal here is to understand the reasons behind your thoughts and emotions. You can ask yourself questions like why, right? Ask yourself why five times as a way of getting to the bottom of why you're feeling or thinking those thoughts. Think about a little three-year-old asking you why over and over and over again, really just as a way to get yourself to process this. Why am I having this thought? Why am I having this emotion? Okay, this is part of the reflect step, the second step of this neurocycle. Number three is going to be writing, right? It's really important in this step, you actually get a pen and paper and you write down what you have learned from reflecting and gathering. This visualizes and orders your thoughts and feelings. So step one and step two, reflect and gather and reflect may feel kind of chaotic. It's funny I'm using that word, but right, it may feel chaotic. Like, okay, I have all these thoughts. I've collected all this information. Number three is about really processing this and getting it down on paper so that you can put order to all those thoughts and those feelings, okay? The fourth step is going to be to recheck. Rechecking is like editing. So this is going to be going over what you've written. And the point here is to try and look for positive thoughts and behaviors to adopt. All right. And then lastly, the fifth step is active reach. And this is a part of the reconceptualizing piece of it. We really want to think about here and and come up with an action or a positive thought you can do or say when negative thoughts start to creep in. Okay. So like I said, I was going to blow through that, but that's the five step mind management tool by Dr. Caroline Leaf called the NeuroCycle. So you can give that a try if you feel like it would be helpful. But my fourth tip to finding peace in the chaos is as much as we don't want to hear it, time will help. I have one story here and I feel like it's something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. But during that really hard time I was going through my sophomore year of college, I felt like it was the end of the world. Okay. And like I said, my mom came up, she stayed with me, bless her heart. It was amazing that she did that. And she told me in this moment exactly what I didn't want to hear, but it was exactly what I needed to hear. And like I said, I remember it so clearly, even to this day. And it was that, Hey, this will pass. Okay. I know you're feeling this way right now and it's terrible and you're going through it. Sometimes you may even feel like you're going to die, but this feeling you're having, first of all, you're not alone. And second of all, it will pass. Sometimes, especially in these moments where these chaotic things that are out of our control happen, we have to just remember that time will help, right? Time will help. And so we have to let time pass, find ways to almost distract ourselves, still do some of that processing, but find ways to just get through day to day and and time will help. All right. And then lastly, my fifth tip to finding peace within the chaos is to ask for help. Okay. And you maybe would have guessed that that would have been my fifth thing. Cause I feel like that's my last tip for almost everything, but that support is so huge. I started going to therapy a couple years ago. Oh my God, I wish I went way before that. Just getting that help, getting, having someone to talk to and it, it can be therapy, but it can also be, you know, asking a friend for help, right? It's maybe asking your mom to fly down to your college dorm room and staying with you for a week. There's lots of different ways that we can ask for help, but asking for help is so important. We cannot deal with all this chaos on our own. Even if just the chaos is in your mind, if you feel like that's your biggest form of chaos right now, please go and talk to someone, find someone to confide in, 
talk to someone, see what their perspective on the situation is. This is not something that you have to deal with on your own. Okay. There's probably someone, there are plenty of other people out there who might be feeling similar to you or going through a similar situation. You are not alone. Please remember that. And please do not feel like you have to deal with all this chaos on your own. Okay. All right, you guys, that's what I'm going to leave you with for today. Okay. So like always, I will end with changing your path will not be easy. It will be challenging. I'll say that over and over again, but it will be worth it. So I'll ask you, if you're listening to this podcast right now, do a self-check. Are you on your path up your mountain? And if you don't know what your mountain is, my goodness, listen to all my original episodes because I talk about it a ton. But if are you on your path up your mountain? And if not, what path are you on? <laughs>